Good morning. It's good to be here. It's good to see you this morning. I really didn't know how many people would show up <laughs> this morning, uh, you know, given the stay-at-home order and, and all the things that are going on. It was kind of like two ways of thinking. There would be like, okay, not too many people are going to come because of the you know, concern about the virus and, and trying to stay, uh, stay safe and stay at home. Or uh, this might be our last time to get together. You know, before Christmas, this might be the last time that we get to, to worship together for a while. You know, let's, let's come to service. And, and, and so I'm uh, blessed to see you this morning. Um, and uh, I want to thank Brian and Abby for, for lighting the, the candle of joy. Uh, the candle of joy. That's, this is the third Sunday of Advent. And, and this is um, our kind of our march towards Christmas. Right and the expectation of Jesus' birth, um, and and so today we celebrate, and we um, we light the candle of joy, and we seek joy in our hearts. Um, you know, but as we're in the midst of uh, of of this Advent season, I've I've been doing a lot of thinking about um, our approach to Christmas and the birth of Jesus. And not so much like our church or um, our, our family, um, but more with regard to our society as a whole. And in some ways, I feel a little bit like Christmas. Christmas has lost its joy. It's lost some of its impact, right? Some of its, its mojo, its, its, its magic. And I'm not just talking about this year, this year of covid uh, which has clearly, clearly been a difficult time. You know, so many affected by uh, the coronavirus, so many we see um, in our community and in our country uh, getting sick, people losing their lives. We see restrictions on gathering, being able to see our family and friends, uh, which is especially meaningful during, you know, during the holidays. Um, and there's restrictions on that. We can't eat at our favorite holiday spots. I don't know if you have a particular place you like to go for, for Christmas or a restaurant that, that you prefer. You know, you can't, you can't do that. Um, we can't, can't shop, right? We can't shop in the store unless it's 20% capacity. And I think you probably never thought you would miss the crowds, right, and the lines at the store. Um, and, and the throngs of people. Um, what I wouldn't give to stand in line and, right, and fight off angry shoppers right, at Macy's, you know, with other people and just kind of things being normal. I mean, all of this has been, has been tragic, and the social isolation that it's caused is, is terrible. But even before this year, I'd say Christmas was not the most joyful time for many people. For some, it was a stressful time. For some, a busy, hectic time. For others, a real lonely time. Even depressing. Last year, Gallup took a poll that showed that more and more Americans these days have taken religion, or more specifically, Jesus, out of their Christmas celebration. 
the polls showed that only about a third of Americans, about 35%, celebrate Christmas with Jesus on their hearts and mind. And while many understand, many in at least our, uh, our country understand that, that Christmas has something to do with the birth of Jesus, they don't see it as important. See, we in the church, we sing songs like Joy to the World and Hark the Herald Angels Sing, but they mean less and less to the average American as Christmas has grown more and more secular, more and more commercial. And I think it's, it's sad to say that it's more common with our younger generations. So when you take the poll, you look at the poll and you see the results, the younger the generation is, the younger the people are, the more they're inclined to look at Christmas from a purely secular perspective. And I think this secularization of Christmas and the loss of joy that we talk about during Christmas season, they go hand in hand. That as we in our society have all but removed Christ from Christmas, I think we've lost the true joy of what it's all about. And we've created, we've even created an environment, I think, that's prone to sadness and emptiness during the holidays because we're, we're seeking our, our joy and our peace in earthly things. Okay, so that's, that's a sad note to start on, right? Don't get me wrong. There are many people in the world who celebrate Christmas for the right reasons, who look, you know, and honor Jesus, and they understand what the birth of Christ is all about. But it's very important that we in the church that in our own households, in our own families, that we understand why the birth of Jesus is cause for joy. It's cause for great joy. And so we're going to look at this in the, in the word this morning, uh, but before we dive in, let's, let's take a moment to pray. Lord, we feel it. We feel a I, I think uh, um, a, a stillness, maybe even a staleness, Lord, um, a heaviness. Um, that Christmas, in some ways, for some of us, Lord, has, um, has, has lost its joy. <clears throat> and I pray, Lord, this morning, as we open your word, as we hear from you, that um, my words would be, Lord, your words, your thoughts, your heart for us. And as we seek your your face and as we look in your word lord that we would um, discover or renew lord the joy that the birth of your son jesus brings i pray lord that you would speak to each of our hearts this morning um, those of us that are here those of us watching online those that may listen and, and watch in the coming week lord we pray that you minister to us where we're at and you give us the joy Father, that you intend for your people. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, this morning's passage is from Luke chapter 2. And, and Brian and Abby read part of it. We're going to look at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. It says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. 
An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. You know, the night that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, a group of shepherds were, they were quietly tending their flocks in a field nearby. And for these shepherds, it was no different. The night was no different than all of the other nights. Hundreds, thousands of other nights they had spent out in the fields. You know, they were probably going through their evening routine. Whatever it is that shepherds do in the evening, right? They probably taking attendance, right, of their sheep. Dolly, here, right? Baba, here. Sean, here. Those are all the sheep I know, right? Those are all the sheep names I can think of. And the shepherds, right, they were just counting their sheep when all of a sudden an angel of the Lord appeared and the night sky lit up. Now, in case it isn't clear, this, right, this wasn't normal. We tend to, I think, read over these details um, with a casualness, with a nonchalance. Every Christmas season, we read the Christmas story And we just nonchalantly kind of just, you know, take it in and think, okay, angel, right, bright lights, glory of the Lord, terrifying scene, right? And we just just sort of bypass these things. Okay, but this supernatural encounter, it sets the stage for the angel's announcement. Just by the circumstances alone, right, you could tell that something big was going to happen or something big was already happening. Look at verse 10 with me. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Good news of great joy for all the people. There it is, right? Christmas is meant to be good news. Not just good news, great news. It's a message of joy for those who understand it. And so you ask, how is this announcement good news? Let me, give you, let me give you three reasons this morning. Three things I wish everyone understood and could grab a hold of during the Christmas season. The first is God's incarnation. What is the incarnation? The incarnation is the miracle of God taking on flesh and becoming a man to live among us. Jesus, born of a virgin on Christmas Day, was that man. John 1.14 says, The Word, referring to Jesus, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and and truth. See, Jesus always had a divine nature. Never let anyone tell you otherwise. He was with God in the beginning, and John makes it clear that he was God, part of the Trinity. But in the incarnation, he became a man. The word dwelt here in John 1.14 
The word dwelt can be translated tabernacled. Just as God's presence was with the ancient, ancient Israelites in the tabernacle, right, in the temple in the Old Testament, he was now manifested in the person of Jesus. Most Jews in the first century Palestine, here in the first century Palestine, had some form of future hope of a Messiah, a liberator, someone who would rescue them from their oppressors and restore them to a place of peace and prosperity. But little did they expect God to send his son. They looked for a prophet, right? They looked for a a leader. They looked for a military general, but not God himself. And of course, we, did, we know, right, from Scripture that many people didn't understand who Jesus was when he was with them. Right? And it's just like today. Right? Many people don't understand who Jesus was and who Jesus is. The truth is lost on us in the 21st century. The publication, The Christian Post, uh, recently, just in the last few months, uh, also did a survey, and they recently reported that 52% of Americans do not believe that Jesus was God. 52%. Right? I, I found that shocking, that it was that much in this country. No wonder Jesus is not a part of their Christmas celebration. See, when we celebrate Christmas, we're not celebrating the birth of just a good man or just a teacher right, or a prophet. We're talking about the incarnation of the Son of God born in a manger. Part of the good news of great joy is that God came to be with us. He brought the ministry of presence. Do you know what, you know what the ministry of presence is? Right? All of you have it. The ministry of presence is a ministry given to all believers where we show God's love to another person simply by being with them, by simply listening to them and sitting with them. See, especially in this day and age where people seldom slow down and stop for one another, I think we can be incredible instruments of God by simply being present for others in their situation, in their circumstances. This is what God did for us then, and this is what he does for us now. In Isaiah 7, 14, 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah said, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God with us. <clears throat> so the incarnation, the incarnation is a reason for joy. The second, the second reason is that God had a plan in mind. He didn't just send his son to be with us. He had a plan in mind. And the second reason for joy is God's intervention. See, the definition of intervention, of an intervention, right, is something that comes between two things, two things, 
that change the course of something, right? Something's going this way, and it's, it, something intervenes, and it changes the course. An example could be a group of friends, right, who go and confront a friend about a drug problem and ask that friend to get treatment. Right, that's, that's known as an intervention. It could be a military incursion, right, that's used to change the course of a war between two sides, where you need to change, right, what's happening. It could be the implementation of a vaccine that changes the course of a deadly virus that plagues the world. But these are examples of intervention. In this case, it is God seeing that we were separated, separated from him because of sin and death, and sending Jesus to intervene, to bridge that gap. This intervention was a rescue mission, right, to save mankind at all costs. And we know that it cost, right, it cost dearly. You know, last week I was sitting here and just thinking about the Christmas season, right, as Pastor Corey was preaching or we were doing worship and with this, back, this backdrop, right, and, and the Advent and the COVID Christmas. And I looked and I looked above the roof of our church and I could see the cross, right, and I could make the connection between the birth of Jesus, right, and the saving grace of the Lord by the cross, So when Jesus was born, though, it was probably impossible, right? I'll give it to these people. It was impossible to discern all of these things at that time, right? So much had to be played out, right? Jesus was not, he didn't give his life for another 33 years. But this is the good news of great joy. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And hard, it's hard to see, you know, by a baby laying in a manger, right, in a stable, to know that this would take place. This was God's plan. This was God's plan of intervention. I think one of the great stories of God's intervention in a person's life is the conversion of the Apostle Paul. Paul, who used to be a Pharisee, was a persecutor, a tormentor of the church. He had Christians taken from their homes and beaten and killed. In Acts 9, Paul is confronted and blinded by the resurrected Christ right, on the road to Damascus. Some of you know the story. Right? And as we know, Paul eventually yields his life to the Lord and he becomes a great missionary to share the gospel and the good news with others. In 1 Timothy 1, Paul reflects on how spiritually lost he was. And he writes, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those that would believe him 
believe in him, and receive eternal life. See, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That was his mission. Christ intervened in Paul's life, and he seeks to do the same in each of our lives. As sinners, we are all destined for death, eternal death, without God's intervention to change the path that we're on. We will spend eternity apart from his love and mercy. But the good news is that Christ came. He intervened. As Paul said, we could be the worst of sinners. It doesn't matter. Jesus wants to impart his love and mercy to us. And I think that's a reason for joy. That's a reason for our spirits to be lifted. Reading further in Luke chapter 4, we get a glimpse of the hope and joy that was born on Christmas Day. In verses 18 and 19, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is how Jesus changed the course of history. He intervened to set us free. So God's incarnation, God's intervention, the third reason for Christmas joy is God's invitation. Back to our key phrase, Christmas is good news of great joy for all the people. The angel's announcement of Jesus' birth as Savior and Lord was not just for the Jews. It was for the Gentiles also. God's invitation to salvation is inclusive. Right? For God so loved the world. It's not like when you and I, right, we have to distinguish who gets a Christmas card from us this year or who do we buy presents for and we think through Okay, they're on the list. Maybe they're not on the list. Right? It's not like that. Right? With God, everyone, everyone should receive this gift. The blessing of Christ is for all people. But there's a key here. While the good news is for all people, only those who believe it who place their trust in Jesus can experience the joy of Christmas, the incarnation, the intervention, and the invitation. See, for those who do not believe that Jesus was the Son of God, or those who dismiss the need for salvation and for mercy and forgiveness in their lives, then the invitation to come and worship Christ the Lord on Christmas right, means very little. You can see why it's so just commercial. And it saddens me when I think of those who live outside the blessing of Christ, who live outside the Lord's favor, who don't understand what they're missing, who don't understand what they need. 
You know, they say the captain of the Titanic, <clears throat> he refused to believe that the ship was in trouble till water was ankle deep in the mailroom. Only then was it apparent to him that the multi-layered hull had been pierced and the unsinkable ship was going down. Other ships that could have arrived hours earlier to help before the great ocean liner went down were never summoned until it was too late. See, and it reminds me of the spiritually lost. Those who don't even know that they're sinking. Their ignorance, their pride, their indifference, that doesn't make the, the problem go away. But God, in his great love, in his mercy, he continues to invite people into relationship with him. He did then, he does now. Right? Revelation 3.20 says that he stands at the door and knocks. If anyone hears his voice and opens the door, he will come in and eat, and he will fellowship with him. If we have responded to his invitation, if we recognize the significance of his birth, then Christmas should be a source of tremendous joy for us because we know what lies ahead. We know the place that God has prepared for us. We know the life he plans for us. But if you find yourself watching this and you feel like you're on the outside looking in at what Christmas is all about or how Jesus could be Savior and Lord, um, then I invite you to contact me, right? to email me, to contact me through the church website. Um, I would love to talk to you. This account of Jesus is not a story. It's not fiction. It's not something we just read every Christmas. It wasn't concocted by man. Right? It's a message from the angel. It's historical. And it is God's divine revelation to us. God's incarnation, God's intervention, God's invitation. You know, as we wrap up, I see that this season is difficult. It's been a trying year, and it, and it still goes on. I think we all feel the weight of the pandemic, the weight of the loss of freedoms, the sickness that is around us, the uncertainty about the future, the lack of social and emotional release. And it weighs on us all. And I realize that we can't just turn off our feelings and turn off our emotions and just say we're happy. Joy may be hard to find, okay, but as believers, I think we can determine, be determined to not fret. I think we can steady ourselves by placing on our focus on what the birth of Christ truly means. I think because God is real and God is faithful, I think we can find true joy in his incarnation with us.
his intervention for us and his invitation to us to receive his blessing. At the end of the passage here in Luke 2, the angel says, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And I ask, a sign? A sign of what? You see, Christmas, the baby in the manger, is a sign to us of the good news of great joy, of God's love and blessing to you and me and to others that would believe that he is Savior and Lord. And so I want to wish you Christmas joy this Advent season and a trust, a wholehearted trust in Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we come before you, Lord, um, and we pray, Lord, that you would just uh, continue to minister to us Minister to us this morning, throughout the day, Lord, throughout this Advent season. Uh, we need your help. We need your strength and encouragement. And we pray, Lord, for your joy in our lives. We know, Lord, that it can be elusive if we turn our eyes to other things. We pray for joy, Lord, that is, uh, is eternal, that is solid, is permanent. Lord, a joy in the birth of your son, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for bringing him. Thank you for his intervention. Thank you for the invitation, Lord, to walk with you and to receive your love and mercy. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.